ascended. It's the 20th anniversary of the war on Terra, 9-11, the event that started it all. And here we are, back at square one. Not by any doing of our own U.S. troops, but by doing of, let's just say, bad decision. What does that mean for us in the future? Well, first and foremost, you should always treat any service member with respect and thank them for what they've done and realize even if you don't understand all the hardships they've gone through and all the sacrifice that they've put forward to make sure that we can continue to live the life that we live and act the way that we act no matter if it's civil or uncivilized whatever you may be but without their sacrifice without the things that they've done to maintain our peace and our freedom and I guess you could say our truth or our country whatever you'd like to say without that we would not even be able to continue to live our normal lives so first and foremost thank you very much for every man and woman and just every service member in general for the sacrifice that you've done no matter the outcome of what's happened within these last few decisions we still appreciate and respect you for everything that you've laid on the line and everything that you sacrificed including the ones that weren't able to come back I still find it a shame that we do not know how many Americans are over there still and we do not know if we will get all of them back but that's neither here nor there that's something that's out of, out of our control what is in our control is the ability to make sure that no matter what aftermath comes from all this we as people will be safe in our lives our families will be safe our friends will be safe so on and so forth on that topic this is a podcast specifically aimed at black people as a whole no matter if it's from a cultural or society aspect my main focus is to see us get to where we need to be at educated and understanding whenever it comes to firearms and the proper and correct way to go about making sure that we are handling firearms responsibly we are carrying them responsibly and we are practicing the well let's just say safety to the utmost of our ability on a daily basis whatever you do at your pop pop's house on the range or whatever let's say outdoors shooting off guns cool whatever that's what you do just please make sure you do it safely I mainly bring up black society because we have had the largest number of firearm purchases since 2020. And that was due to everything that happened during that time. It's almost like history repeats itself because it, to me, it was basically a race riot. It was global, oddly, but nonetheless, it ended up being a race riot, racial protest, whatever you want to call it. There was just some type of disruption that cause of this which is something that can't be changed now it it is what it is at this point i'm not focusing on that now or will i be focusing on in the future my main goal like i said is to see everyone in black society as safe as possible when handling these firearms and as educated as possible as well and i would also like to see especially on uh, our social media platforms. I would like to see more 
well-known faces. We're going to cover the image issue that we have in a future episode as well and how we might be able to overcome that. With any luck, I'll shoot to have some guests on this podcast as well to further discuss that. But our image is not exactly ours in media in general, but especially whenever it comes to firearms. We will not be able to have sponsorship from certain gun, gun companies unless we can take control of our image. There's a lot of people out there that refuse to buy certain firearms due to the fact that they don't like what they've socially said or they don't like the direction they've gone or they don't like the decisions they made. But at the end of the day, if everybody was concerned about where certain firearms came from or they tried to stay race loyal to a certain firearm, well, let's just say we would not have anyone, especially black people, utilizing firearms. Go look up the history. Go look up what they were used for. There's nothing, there's nothing, let's just say, clean about firearms. The history itself doesn't matter. It's what you do with the tool and how you utilize it. So that is what we need to understand as a people. But that'll come later on. For now, the least I can do is try and direct everybody into the right area as far as where they need to be at, how they need to educate themselves, and how they can do things properly. The best way to even begin is to realize that there are certain rules whenever it comes to guns in general. Like, always treat the guns as if it's loaded. Always keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Always keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. And the last one, which is pretty important, never point the gun at anything you don't intend to destroy. You've got a lot of idiots out there that like to point guns at people, that like to point guns at things. You don't know what is there. That's another reason is you also need to know what is behind the target. Uh, some people would argue that you always keep the gun unloaded until you're ready to use it, but let's just stick with the basics. Always treat the gun as if it's loaded. Why? Because if you're pointing a gun at something, and you're playing around and you think it's loaded or it's unloaded, you don't know. You've never checked the chamber. So when you pull that trigger, acting like an idiot, guess what happens? This is why we have so many accidents from, not guns, idiots. Always keep the gun pointing in a safe direction. That's pretty self-explanatory too. That falls into the same areas. Always treat the gun as if it's loaded. If you're not pointing the gun in a safe direction, let's say, for example, if I have a rifle and I'm holding the rifle barrel up where it's pointed towards me or somebody else, even though that rifle is vertical, straight up and down, I could potentially do something to accidentally set that rifle off. And it's either going to shoot me in the head, somebody else in the head, or it's going to injure someone. Who knows? This is why you always keep it pointed in a safe direction. That goes for any gun. Always keep your finger off the trigger. You want to keep your finger straight. You do not want it in the trigger guard, which is a little curved part on your gun. You want to make sure that that finger is nowhere near the trigger unless you are ready to shoot. Never point the gun at anything you don't intend to destroy. Go back to the first one I was talking about. Always treat the gun as if it's loaded. Why would you point a gun at the wall at your house? Or why would you point the gun at your neighbor or at your friend or at your dog or whatever? 
doesn't make any sense. Not the best choice out there. I highly recommend you stay away from that. But that's just me. Here's some more. Learn the mechanical and handling characteristics of the gun you're using. Yeah, it's straightforward as well. Do you cut on a TV without knowing how to utilize the remote? Sure, anybody can hit a power button, but if you don't know how the remote works, you don't know what's going to happen. Or using a car, if you don't know how to drive a manual, yeah, you're not going to know how to utilize the car. That's why so many <laughs> so many cars that are manual cars tend not to get stolen now because the I mean it's true, but the younger audience doesn't know how to drive a manual car. It's kind of ironic, but you know, it kind of falls in the same category. Always use proper ammunition. You cannot shoot a 5.56 out of a 9mm. It just won't work. And if you find a way to make it work, it's probably not going to end well. It's the same mentality as shooting 2.23 out of 5.56. That's a rifle caliber. You can shoot Remington 223 out of a 5.56 caliber barrel, but you cannot do the reverse. You cannot shoot 5.56 out of 223 unless you would like to blow your gun up. Just like you can't shoot 300 blackout out of a 5.56 caliber barrel. The only way you can even shoot a 5.56 and a 223 out of the same barrel safely is if you have a 223 wild barrel that's w-y-l-d-e i've heard somebody say it's spelled uh, pronounced wildy i don't know where they got that from but okay cool as long as it works for you but this is also the same person that said i could shoot a 300 blackout cartridge out of a i think they said it was a 300 remington barrel or something like that either way it didn't it didn't sound safe just because the caliber numbers are the same doesn't always mean that they can be shot out of the same barrel this is why you need to do your research on what you're shooting and what you can shoot it through so you always utilize the proper ammunition just like there's different nine millimeter calibers as well be sure the barrel is clear of obstructions before loading and shooting this can happen due to the fact that if a round is fired out of a, a gun, usually this comes from a remanufactured round, but if it's fired out of a gun and the bullet does not fire through the barrel completely, the bullet is now jammed inside the barrel, which means that the next bullet that cycles into that gun, when it fires, it will cause the gun to explode because those two bullets will hit together. And there's a lot of pressure inside that gun, and if there's no way for the bullet to exit now you have a situation where the bullet will find a way to make an exit that never ends well there's a lot of these things that we can go over as far as maintaining safety but again i don't want to give away all the content there will be future content especially if i have enough people and gain a following and especially if i have more people who are interested in helping out with this show but for now I think one of the best things that can be covered is how to purchase your carrying license. One of the biggest things that I've noticed whenever I would pick up my firearms from my FFL 
was the fact that when I would go into, well, I would pick my stuff up at Gables, right? Gables is located in Douglasville. But I would go to Gables, uh, pick up my order, and walk out. There were a lot of people there that had not, let's just say, gone through the steps to make sure that they could walk out with their purchase the same day. These people had to end up waiting 10, maybe at the most 12, 15, a ridiculous amount of days before they could even have the firearm in their hand. One of the biggest things that was scary about last year for a lot of people was the fact that they weren't sure whether or not they could keep themselves safe. So that's why there was a whole lot of a ridiculous amount of firearm sales. But just like normal supply and demand, the demand was there. The supply had to be cut because there had to be a lot of background checks done. Usually when a background check happens, it means that you will not be able to walk out until they know that you are a responsible citizen. So let's talk about how to apply for your weapons carry license or your permit in general. You need to make sure you're eligible. And this is from the Georgia.gov website. So the main things that they're looking for is to make sure that you're eligible. What will make you eligible is this. You need to meet at least one of these age-related requirements. Again, this is off the direct website. You go to georgia.gov slash apply slash firearm slash license. If you're located in Georgia. If you're located in another, another state, the best thing you can do is to go directly to your state website to look up all the information that will make you eligible, especially if you live in California and New York, because all gun laws and requirements are not the same from state to state. They could be different. I can tell you, based on the research that I've done in California, they require a lot of weird things just to make a gun legal. So I can only imagine, or excuse me, to make a firearm legal. So I can only imagine what the requirements to get your weapons carry license is. But regardless, Georgia, you need to meet at least one of these age-related requirements. You need to be 21 or older, but if you're 18 or older, if you're in the military, have completed basic training and provide proof that you are either on, on active duty or have been honorably discharged. Keyword honorably discharged. I don't think it works the same if you're dishonorably discharged. Next one is you need to be a Georgia resident. You need to be a U.S. citizen or legal resident. You need to have no felony, felony convictions or pending criminal proceedings. Have no drug convictions. Example of these are using or possessing drugs, making drugs, distributing a controlled substance. Have no other disqualifying convictions. Uh, examples are carrying a concealed weapon without a license, which you never want to do. And domestic violence. You have not been in a mental hospital or drug or alcohol treatment center within the last five years. And the last one here is have not been committed to a mental hospital against your will. Uh, there's also an asterisk in some of these things. Uh, the asterisk basically states that in some situations you can ask for approval from the county probate judge. Consult with an attorney if you have any questions about your eligibility. If you don't have an attorney, you can find one by contacting the State Bar of Georgia. So that is basically pointing to the fact that if some of these things have happened to you or you've been wrongfully accused, but they've taken away your right to bear arms, you can go back and put in an appeal for that to be overturned so you can actually uh, get your right to bear arms back. 
Uh, next up is gathering what you need. So you need to find the location of your county probate court. If you're unable to find the location of your local court, you can call 1-800-GEORGIA. This is for Georgia. Uh, that number is 1-800-436-7442 for assistance. But the main things you'll need are proof of identity, proof of Georgia residency, proof of U.S. citizenship or your INS number, uh, form of payment. In Georgia, the average fee is $75, but it varies by county. You can call your county probate court for details about the cost and acceptable forms of payment. I believe I was able to use a debit card or credit card in order to pay for my, uh, at least the paperwork that I had to apply for in the probate court. I think whenever I had to do my fingerprints, I think I also used a credit card for that too because I went to a, uh, the location was kind of like one of those combination mixes of uh, notary, mail place, almost like a UPS store. Uh, the last thing you need is a self-addressed stamped envelope if you would like to have your license mailed to you versus picking it up in person. So basically they can mail the license to you. It takes, I think, maybe five to ten days, depending on how things are moving. But you can have it mailed to your, your address and you can just open up the letter and boom, there it is. You have your WCL, your weapons carry license. And then applying for your WCL. This is step number three. Bring your required materials to the probate court. So basically you will go to the probate court with the listed items above, which again, those are proof of identity, proof of Georgia residency, proof of your U.S. citizenship or your INS number, and then your form of payment. And if you'd like it mailed to you, the self-addressed envelope. So bring those materials to the probate court. Request a WCL application from the clerk, which is a weapon carry, weapons carry license application from the clerk. Fill out and submit the application, pay the license fee, and you also need to provide your fingerprints. Uh, depending on the probate, probate court's process, they will either take your fingerprints there or give you a law enforcement affidavit to have your fingerprints taken at a police department. You will need to do this within five days of submitting your application. Uh, like I said, for me, I had to go to a almost like a UPS store location so I can get my fingerprints taken. And then they sent the fingerprints to the location where my probate court was at. And then they mailed off my uh, mailed off my WCF. Uh, and four, within five days, a county probate judge will request a criminal history records check and a background check. After 30 days, law enforcement will finish its background check and determine whether you can receive a WCL. WCLs are valid for five years. At least two months before your WCL expires, you should return to probate court to apply for a renewal. So I don't exactly know what will happen if you do not apply within two months. I'm assuming that you probably have to go through the whole process again and probably have to pay a higher amount. It's almost... If I had to take a guess, the equivalent of like losing a passport. If you lose a passport, I believe you'd have to pay the same amount or you have to pay more. I don't know, but just go ahead and make sure that you're staying up to date with everything that's necessary in order to maintain your legal rights when carrying your firearm. Another thing I would like to talk about, and I'll probably do another episode because this is kind of going long, but I would also like to talk about firearm insurance, which I know a lot of you do not have. It's cool to go ahead and purchase the weapon. It's cool to go ahead and apply for your WCL. But what if you ever have to discharge it? What if you are questioned about why you had the firearm on you, despite the fact that you are within your legal rights? 
what happens if you get caught up in, God forbid, a situation to where you have to discharge your firearm inside of a store or a public area? There's a lot that comes from it that you as a person, unless you have a law degree, cannot handle on your own. This is where the firearms insurance comes in handy. As far as I know, there's actually two companies that you can go through, but I will cover that on another episode. I think I might start putting these out around 12 o'clock every Saturday until a little bit more traction happens. But for now, this has been a Black Powder Podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay smart, stay ready, stay safe. Thank <laughs> you.